I am deeply worried about how divided we are. Rosh Hashanah is when we are expected to have our most difficult conversations of the year. The ones we really don't want to have. The ones we've been avoiding. We oftentimes avoid the conversations that divide us. But there is one topic that every rabbi knows is divisive. It's a topic that is so controversial that a few years ago a film at the Jewish Film Festival caused such a volatile debate that every rabbi in the Bay Area had to spend their energies promoting a year of civil discourse on this topic. Not even approaching the topic itself, just finding a way to discuss it civilly. It's a topic that exploded a few years ago, right here at Congregation Emmanuel in one of the high holiday breakout groups. A few years back, when we put up this flag, some of the founding families of this congregation quit. And like all of you, I know the one topic that I do well to avoid. Our community's proverbial third rail. Israel. If I talk about the place of Israel, I'm going to upset somebody. And I sense a few of you already squirming in your seats. Maybe you're thinking, this is going to be painful. Or this is going to get people angry. Or maybe you're thinking, this is going to be unbelievably boring. (laughs) Because you just don't care about Israel. I feel there is only one thing that we can talk about this Rosh Hashanah, Israel. What divides us? How did we get to this place? And how can each of us find a path back to unity? Let's start by identifying different Jewish views about Israel. Let's consider four Jews sitting at a table together trying to talk about Israel. Let's call the first Jew the Israel lover. For him, the place of Israel is the Jewish people's dream actualized. Israel is a place for us in case, God forbid, another Holocaust ever happens. And even when the country does something that the lover might consider wrong, he feels we shouldn't publicly criticize Israel. Israel gets enough criticism. Anyways, we don't know what Israelis go through or understand, or understand what it's like to live under the stress of your neighbors vowing to destroy us. Now our second type of Jew reads Israel's Declaration of Independence, calling for equality for all, yet sees today's reality. West Bank settlements, reformed Jews being dismissed by Orthodox Jews, women not being able to read Torah or pray openly at the Western Wall and countless other examples of inequality. To the disappointed Jew, the place of Israel is a failed dream, even an embarrassment. Sitting between these two is the dreamer. Now, like the lover, she is proud of aspects of Israel, and like the disappointed Jew, she deeply believes in the founder's vision of a state ensuring equality. The dreamer holds the view that realizing the ideals of Israel are an ongoing effort. 
but there's a fourth person at the table. When the others turn to him and they ask where he stands in Israel, he replies, meh, I don't really care. The three Jews, they immediately stop arguing with each other. And they say, what? What do you mean you don't care? I, I just don't see the point. Israel is just another country. It's a democracy with problems, just like the U.S. or Britain or France. And to be honest, I don't really care very much about Britain or France either. <laughs> this fourth Jew is a new breed when it comes to Israel. He is not just disinterested. He's apathetic. We all know these Jews. We know which one we are or which combination we are. And like a good conflicted Jew, I identify with more than one of these views. We may well be the most divided generation of Jews since the temple was destroyed 2,000 years ago. The reasons for our division, they may seem disparate, but they're not. When we have lived in the land of Israel, we have been divided by Israel. But sadly, we have been united by Israel each time we've been in exile. So what is the heart of the problem that led to today's profound divisions that worry me? We are a generation for whom the land of Israel is a reality. But this has led us to only focus on the place of Israel. We rarely speak about Israel as an idea. As an idea that unifies Jews. When we didn't have a place, a center in which Jewish morals and ethics could thrive, all there was to talk about was foundational ideals. But it is wholly different to hold both the place and the idea of Israel as mutually important, especially while dealing with the real-world consequences of having a Jewish nation. Today, as in the past, viewing Israel only as a place deeply divides Jews. But Israel didn't start out as a place. It was first and foremost an idea. Let's look at how this changed from biblical times to the Second Temple, to the Diaspora, and to the dawn of modern Zionism. Join me as we go on this journey. The entire narrative journey of the Torah, it points us towards the idea of Israel. We begin with Genesis in Gan Eden, in the Garden of Eden. But very quickly, we leave paradise, and we see deep family conflict. And as Exodus begins, the Torah dives into the dark places of Egyptian servitude. When we learn about the opposite of Eden, here we experience hell on earth. And finally, after a generation of wandering, we end the Torah on the edge of Israel, looking into the land. Rather than being in the place, we stand on the brink of Israel, talking about building paradise here in this world. We do not seek Gan Eden. We seek to make Gan Eden. Our mission is to be a light unto this world. And Israel is the place for us to concentrate our striving to that end. Moses was afraid that the Torah would be lost. 
when the Jewish people entered the place. The people would become so wrapped up with physical existence that they would forget what they were actually doing there. All Israel is, without the ideas from the Torah, is a piece of land. A place without anything meaningful to unify the Jewish people. We are the people of the book. We are not the people of a land. And when you tear those two apart, that's when we become torn apart. The first time that we isolated the idea from the place was during the temple, more than 2,000 years ago. There were different factions throughout the land, with different cities and groups of Jews competing for who was the most authentic and who was the most Jewish. They were the Essenes and the Zealots and the Sadducees and the Pharisees. This is 20 centuries ago. This is not the contemporary cultural and religious divides we see between Jerusalem and Tel Aviv, nor the current tensions about who can pray at the Western Wall. This is a far-removed generation facing the same deep divisions that we encounter today. When the Second Temple was destroyed and Jews were expelled from the land by the Romans into the diaspora, our rabbis, they looked inward. And our sages said, we may have been exiled and expelled by the hands of the Romans, but we were the ones to blame, not the Romans. It was our internal divisions, not our external enemies, that caused our downfall. Then we feared the Romans. Today, we fear Hamas, Hezbollah, Syria, and Iran. But if we learned anything in the last 2,000 years, is that we must first look within before we look outward. The rabbis came to this realization as they studied and argued. We became unified again around the principle that Israel was our laboratory for making peace in the world. A place where justice, ethics, and morality were the heart. The land was a place from which we could be a light unto this world. And once we remembered that Israel was more than just a place, we became unified in our debates and our disagreements. Because they were around the foundational ideas. In order to hold us together in the diaspora, the rabbis instituted ritual to maintain the unity of both the idea and the place of Israel. And each one of us knows here, no matter what our view may be on the land of Israel, that when we stand during the highest point of the service, during the Amidah, and we chant, Adonai sefatayftitahu We do so by standing and facing Israel and Jerusalem. Between praying for justice, righteousness, and peace, each of us pay, prays for the rebuilding of Yerushalayim. Rebuilding Yerushalayim is not about bricks and mortar or glass and steel. It's a prayer to be able to achieve our ideals of justice and peace. This unifies all Jews in this congregation and around the world. When I stand here in San Francisco and I'm facing east, I know that my brothers in Moscow are facing west and my sisters in Cape Town are facing north. All of us are physically facing a place 
But spiritually, we're meditating on an idea. In 1989, the Dalai Lama, having never never formally met with Jews before, sat with our own Rabbi Lawrence Kushner and three other rabbis. And he asked them, how do you Jews stay unified when you are so dispersed throughout the world? The answer lies squarely in us facing Jerusalem while meditating on our idea of that place. We are unified on our ideas. No matter how you feel about the subject of Israel, what we all have in common deep in our Jewish memory is the aspirational idea of Israel. By the late 19th century, we were ready to put our ideas to the test and to carry out our ideals with the creation of modern Zionism. We packed our bags and we headed to Israel to not only find a piece of land where we could safely be Jews, but also to build a new society where women were equal to men, where people would live collectively, where everyone could work as Jews for something much greater than their own selves. And on May 14, 1948, the modern state of Israel was officially created. And Jews all over the world were overwhelmed with excitement. After the raw and the recent devastation of the Holocaust, we saw ourselves rise up from the ashes of the Holocaust and return to our homeland in droves after centuries of only being able to pray facing the place of Israel. The excitement of being back in the place of Israel unintentionally and gradually overwhelmed the idea of Israel. All we talked about was how miraculous it was that after millennia, we were back in the land and we were making the desert bloom. Kids in their religious school classes would bring quarters and put them in the blue pushki boxes, picturing the trees that would be planted in the land of Israel without ever receiving an explanation about the idea of Israel. Generations of us became so focused on the land that the same 2,000-year-old divisions would arise again. We would arrive at a time when four Jews of differing points of view can barely sit at a table with each other and talk about Israel. We've arrived at today. It's incredibly painful to me that we are so deeply divided today. But it doesn't have to be this way. We are the generation that has been given the awesome opportunity to unify the idea and the place while we have access to the place. We, the 21st century people of Israel, will be remembered by what we do at this moment in time. And unless we change our current course, I'm worried about our ability to be a people. How do we develop the shared commitment to holding Israel up as the moral and ethical center for all Jews to be a light to the world? When the Romans forced us out of our homeland, we engaged with our texts and debated our ideals. The great literary work that arose from that time period is the Talmud. Thousands upon thousands of pages of rabbis arguing, arguing with each other guided by the idea of Israel. 
dissenters, and even a heretic are included in the Talmud. Because disagreement, it didn't tear us apart. It made us better, and it made us stronger. As Rabbi David Wolpe says, you will never get unity if you seek uniformity. When Jews only lived in the diaspora, our disagreements unified us because the core principle remained strong. Israel provides every Jew a laboratory to actualize our values. This is what we all need to do in this time and in this community. It is so vital to reconcile the rifts over Israel that Emmanuel will be dedicating this year to re-engaging with our texts and ideals as they relate to the challenges facing the Jewish people in Israel. And if you feel like you don't know what to ask, join us. There are many ways to engage. Some are listed on the card that was handed to you as you came in today. One is to join the I Engage Adult Learning through our Tauber Jewish Studies program, a part of the Madeline Haas Russell Institute of Jewish Learning. This will promote a discourse about Israel that is rooted in Jewish values and ideas. We will be meeting every single week throughout the year at the Contemporary Jewish Museum during lunchtime. And if you cannot make it downtown at lunchtime, even though there's going to be corned beef sandwiches from Wise Sun Deli, I'm just saying, if you can't make it for the deli and the Torah, we're going to engage the same topic here at the synagogue at nighttime. Another way is also listed on the card, is to join our parlor discussions, where members of this community will come together in an intimate setting to learn together and to grapple with understanding where Israel fits in our own lives and our community. If you have your own idea of how to engage, tell us how we can support you, because we are here to journey with you as a community. Engagement on the subject of Israel is one of the most important conversations that we can have. This is an opportunity available to you that every generation since 70 CE could only pray about and dream about. Yet according to a study by Stephen Cohen and Ari Kelman, there's a declining attachment to Israel for all American Jews. Those who are 65 and older all the way down to those in their 20s. Ever since we have had the place of Israel as a nation, Jews have increasingly taken one of four deeply divided sides. Individually, we might not be able to reverse this trend. But as a collective, we can mend our poisonous divisions over Israel. If you join us this year, in communally reframing the Israel discussion, we will be different when we congregate for Rosh Hashanah next year. When you are sitting at that metaphoric table with three other Jews, there will still be heated arguments. I promise you, we're still going to be arguing in the year. But we're going to be arguing from a place of shared unity. If you are the Israel lover, you need to engage with us this year. Why? to be transformed. You'll become more involved with Israel than you ever have been before because you will discover that the dream is not in the past but is being created. And you are part of that dream. 
You are as integral as the founders of modern Israel because Israel is still being built and you are needed in the process. If you're the disappointed Jew, you need to engage with us this year to discover that disappointment is the wrong way to view your feelings. You'll identify with what Israeli President Shimon Peres said from this pulpit two years ago, that the great gift that the Jewish people bring to the world is dissatisfaction. <laughs> when you see the state of Israel acting in ways that do not reflect the ideal, you will come to understand that Israel, the idea, is a journey, and at times it is a struggle. You will see these moments as opportunities for work to be done. If you're the dreamer, you need to engage with us this year to find your people again in the Beit Midrash, in our house of study. You'll be challenged by your discussions with the lover and with the dissatisfied. But even more rewarding for you will be the gift of teaching the dream to the apathetic Jew. And if you are that fourth Jew, who never thinks of engaging the subject of Israel, you need to engage with us this year. Why? To deepen who you've always been. You always cared about morality and justice, but you never understood how that related to Israel. You view the world through a new set of eyes and understand why at times you get so frustrated with the American society that you live in. Because it is not what it could be. Without Israel, the idea, we lack a compass of how life should be. And now pointing your compass east, you'll be more insightful as to what needs to be done here, in Israel, and indeed the world. During the coming year, we need to have conversations and debates that deal not only with Israel for what it is, but more importantly, for what it can become. As we enter 5774, no matter what your current feelings are about Israel, the place, ask yourself, will you help bring the idea and the place back together and therefore bring us back together? I am still worried. But as I look out today, I'm reminded of Israel's national anthem, Hatikva, the hope. Because I do have hope that we can come back together. May this not be a year of uniformity of opinions. May this year be a year of unity of purpose.